0: Hey guys, it's Rebecca Price. I hope you're doing great, and I hope you guys have had a phenomenal weekend and a great start to your Monday. I uh, wanted to come and do a quick podcast uh, just talking about something that I read earlier today uh, during um, the kids' nap time, so uh, I will read that to you real fast and then jump into that. So um, I'm reading in Second Peter 3, and it's talking about the day of the Lord coming, you know, and... Um, God talks about, uh, you know, when the Lord comes back and I'm not going to go into details because there's, you know, if you go into revelation, there's all, uh, you know, that there's, there's a whole different timeline of when that happens, but it's talking about, you know, the day of the Lord's judgment is what it's, what it is. And so he starts talking about, um, he's reminding God's people, you know, the day of the Lord is coming soon. So be sure that you are, you know, that you're, uh, you know, living in a godly manner and watch out for people that are going to come to deceive you. So in uh, 2 Peter 3, 3, it says, first of all, understand that in the last days, scoffers will come scoffing, following after their own desires and saying, where is this promise of his coming? Ever since the fathers died, everything goes on just as it has from the beginning of creation. Uh, which is interesting because I, you definitely hear that today. You definitely hear that, um, you know, in in from people who are very very bitter, very sarcastic about God, atheists and stuff. Well, when when's he coming? Or or they'll make a sarcastic statement regarding, um, oh well, let me know when, uh, let me know when he shows up and things like that. And in, in in regards to God returning, the Lord coming back and there being um, a day for his people and there being a day of judgment for the ungodly. And they it's, it's just kind of this thing of sarcasm. It's like, oh yeah, sure, he's coming back at some point. And I think it's interesting that the Bible addresses this and says there's going to be many in the last days that are going to scoff and and mock and make fun and, and say, oh, you know, where is God? Why isn't he here yet? Um, and, and things like that. So uh, it says, um, I'm going to continue reading. In verse 5, it says, For in holding to this idea, it escapes their notice that the heavens existed long ago, and the earth was formed out of water and through water by the word of God. Uh, and so then God um, skips, uh, excuse me, then later it skips on in verse 8, and it says, But don't forget this one thing, loved ones, that with the Lord one day is, is like a thousand years. And a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some consider slowness. Rather, he is being patient toward you, not wanting anyone to perish, but for all to come to repentance. So basically, the delay of the Lord is not that he's not coming, and it's not that, you know, our beliefs aren't founded or anything like that when you truly begin to get to know who God is and you 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 study who he is not just you study as I've talked many times before his names his character who he is you read the bible and see his heart and 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 his his holiness and everything that's laid out uh, when you truly get to know who God is you you understand this passage uh, to a degree because you understand the great love that the Lord has for people um, the Lord sent his son who did absolutely nothing wrong, never sinned, never made a mistake, and yet he died for sinful people. And God did it out of love because he desired to redeem us. Even though we screwed up, he desired to redeem us anyway. Redeem us to himself um, and to restore us to our place as sons in him. And uh, it's it's an incredible thing. The love of God is an incredible thing. And it, it can't even be described in a lot of ways. And like we said in the last podcast before, you know, sometimes we don't all we don't necessarily feel like we're loved or or our emotions can can deceive us and this is why we don't we don't we aren't led by our emotions, we're led by the truth of God's word that it this is the truth because God says it's the truth. And so um it, but it says here that the reason that the Lord is it seems like that he's slow coming back or he's taking his time is because he wants, he It says literally here, he says he doesn't want anyone to perish, but all to come to repentance. And so then people will turn around and be like, well, then why, why does he send people to hell? And this is the thing. He does not send people to hell. God does not send people to hell. Cause remember you go back to Genesis. God created everything. Perfect. He created everything. Perfect. The world was perfect. Um, excuse me, Adam and Eve were perfect. Um, He created perfect. We were the ones that introduced sin into the world and we opened the door to sin. Sin already existed because, uh, you know, we know because sin was, sin existed. It wasn't that it didn't exist at the time. It's just, it didn't have access to us and it didn't have access to the world until Eve chose to disobey. Until she chose to give access to sin, she made a choice. She chose to sin. And when that happened, consequences come with that and so it's it's all about the choice it's all about choosing i I say this again god gives people free will to choose god will never make someone follow him jesus never made people follow him jesus just said follow me jesus presented the opportunity and people followed um and you know but some people did not follow him some people did not believe that he was the messiah some people did some people didn't And the thing is, is you have that choice just as Jesus had the choice. Um, and I've said this again, you know, in talking about his temptation and all this stuff, um, Jesus himself had the same capacity to sin that we do. Jesus did not come programmed. He did not come on the earth and he was programmed like a robot to always obey God and always do the right thing. No, Jesus had a choice because once again, Satan would be completely wasting his time tempting Jesus if Jesus didn't have a choice. If Jesus just was programmed to obey God, um, Jesus had the right, had, Jesus had a choice. And even in the garden, you see, you even see him struggle a little bit, even in the garden, you know, he, he even says, uh, he, he says to his father, you know, I, I say this, uh, I mentioned this a lot in the garden of Gethsemane when he's about to go to the cross, he's like, father, if there's any other way that this can be accomplished, let this cup pass from me. But he chooses, he chooses his father's will. Because at the end he says, yet not my will, but your will be done. So he chooses his father's will. He has, he has the opportunity. He has, he could have chosen to say, I don't want to do this. I changed my mind. I'm I'm going to disobey the father. But he didn't do that. He said, not my will, but yours be done. So he's recog- He's. he's acknowledging that he has, he has, there is an opportunity for him to follow his, his own will, but he chooses not to. So when you understand that it's a choice, that God doesn't send people to hell, that people send themselves by what they choose, then it changes the perspective because God God's not going to force you to choose him. Um, he wants you to choose him. He desires you to choose him. And it says here in the Bible that he desires all people to come to repentance, not just a select few. He wants all people to repent, but he knows that not everyone will. I mean, God said, clearly says in His Word, not everybody's going to follow Me. Some will follow Me, some won't. Some are going to choose a, a path, um, you know, where they that that are that are disciples of Christ, and 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 some aren't. And in fact, it He says, narrow is the way, and few be that find it. Broad is the way to destruction, and many there be that 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 travel down that road. But narrow is the way to eternal life, and few be that find it. And so, highlighting the choice. Um, because, you know, people will say, well, how can God be so mean? And if God is this, and if God is, is, is such a good God, well, then why does this exist? And why does this happen? And a lot of it is pride because man does not want to admit that we screwed up. It's, it's a huge lack of humility. That is what is missing today. It's a lack of humility and a lack of humbling ourselves before an almighty God, because we don't want to take responsibility for sin. We want to blame it on someone else, or we want to say, oh, I couldn't help it or the devil made me do it. Or, you know, I mean, you see this literally played out in the beginning of Scripture, at the very beginning, when Eve sinned and God approached her, uh, you know, from uh, when, when well, I don't, who did he approach first? It was either, it was Adam. And God said, what have you done? And, let, you know what, let's just go back and read it. Let's go back to the beginning and read it because I want to make sure that I quote it right. But you see this, even back in the very beginning, you see this, you see sin at at its best. This, this, this pride, this lack of humility, this, I want to blame it on someone else. I screwed up, but let me blame it on someone else. So, uh, it said, so this is after Adam and Eve had eaten from the tree. They weren't supposed to eat. Uh, it said, um, then Adonai Elohim called to the man and said to him, where are you? Then he said, Uh, your sound. I heard it in the garden. I was afraid because I am naked. I hid myself. And then he said, talking about God, who told you that you were, that you are naked. Have you eaten from the tree from which I commanded you not to eat? The man said, so, and so the man has the opportunity to own up to his choice and say, I chose wrongly. I sinned. I made a mistake. He doesn't do that. What does he say? The woman whom you gave to be with me She gave me of the tree and I ate. So he's even casting some of the blame, it sounds like, onto the Lord. Because he's like, this woman that you gave me, she gave me of the tree and I ate. And so Adonai said to the woman, what did you do? And the woman, again, instead of saying, I screwed up, I messed up, what is she? Well, the serpent deceived me and I ate. Now, she does say that she ate the fruit. But she kind of throws it at the snake and like, well, the snake deceived me. And... So nobody's wanting to take responsibility. Nobody's wanting to stand up and say, I sinned. And we still see that problem today. We still see that today on the earth. And, and I've said this many times in many podcasts before that one of the biggest problems on earth today is pride and a lack of humility and wanting to humble ourselves before the almighty God um, and, and wanting to, because we want to be God because Lucifer you know, it's exactly who Lucifer was and what he did. You know, he he wanted to be God. He got tired of serving God and wanted to be God. He wanted to he wanted to make the rules instead of being ruled, and you see that mirrored today is people don't want to follow God. They don't want to follow um, God's law, God's word. They don't want to live by God's word. They want to rule themselves. And everything from witchcraft and and New Age, yoga, all that stuff is all about finding the inner, the inner God and the inner goddess and, 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 uh, you know, and, and you, you rule yourself and blah, blah, blah. I mean, just all kinds of mess. And it's a huge, humongous, um, lack of humility. And, you know, me, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of asking questions. I think it's okay to ask questions. Uh, Job asked questions. Um, you know, uh. Many characters in the Bible ask questions. I think that's okay. But a lot of the things that are asked today are asked out of anger or they're asked or mockingly, uh, you know, instead of with a sincerity to learn. Because I think it's okay to ask God, well, why this and why that? You know, like I said, Job asked questions and God answered him. Um, And that's a great story of humility because um, even though Job was suffering and going through a lot, Job almost demanded from God he almost had this attitude of of demanding from God like i i demand an answer to this and then god showed you know shows up and says well who are you to demand from me? Were you there when I created the earth? Do you know, do you make the birds fly? Do you, you know, just things like that? I don't want to misquote it, but talked about different animals. You know that, and he's like, "Do you know this? Do you, are you all knowing? Do you have the knowledge that I know?" And God even told him he was like, "Listen, he's like, brace yourself as a man and let's talk." He's like, "If you're going to demand from me, then I want to know why." you feel you you have the right to make demands from me. And so it is a great it's a really really great story. It's a really great thing. And so when it comes to I really liked reading that portion of scripture today because it really shows God's heart. It shows that God truly desires men to repent. And repentance itself requires humility. It says that the kindness of the Lord leads you to repentance. Um, but again, God doesn't make you repent; doesn't make you turn from your sin. That's something that you have to choose to do. Um, and when man, when man realizes that everything, everything is comes down to choice. Just like I've said, the thing I've I've quoted uh, Joshua, you know, in Joshua where he says, "Choose you this day whom you will serve." That basically sums up the entire. That sums up so much in the Bible. It sums up it sums up our choice because. Choose you this day whom you will serve. And it is a choice every day. It is a choice every day. Yes, you you as a believer, you commit, um, you know, you, you uh, uh, choose to serve Christ and choose to follow him um, and receive him as Savior. But it's an everyday thing because some days are harder than others. Some days you're just like, ah, you know. I mean, there are some days where you where where it can be a struggle to obey the Lord and to do what's right. It's not always going to be easy, you know, even for seasoned believers. Because you know, when you pass tests, um, God then presents you with more. You know, whenever you there are challenges and things, because God wants you to grow in your faith and in your maturity. And um, God doesn't tempt us, but sometimes we go through tests and and where our faith is tested and uh and you know god wants us to be mature god wants us to be refined it's like talking about the refining of gold um that whenever you refine gold as i said in my other podcast you do it um you don't just stick it in the fire once so that impurities can come out it's this continuous process of of sticking it in the fire the impurities rise you scrape the impurities off you, you, you cool the gold, you wash it, you rinse it, you know, wash it, rinse it. Then you put it in the fire again and you do the same problem I and you over and over and over and over again, gold is, is being refined even more and more. And that's why having a humble mind and, and understanding that you can't ever get to a point in your life where you say, I've arrived and I'm not going to, I don't need to learn anything else. A, that's dangerous because if you ever get to a point where you're arrived, you're saying essentially that your purpose is done on the earth. Um, and you don't really have a reason to be here. But to say that you arrived is very arrogant because you're saying that, well, I've learned all there is to learn. And the fact that God is all-knowing and that we're not means that there are always going to be things to learn. There's always going to be things that God can reveal and show in deeper, part of, deeper parts of himself. And we should be students of the word and students of the Lord and people that desire desire the mysteries of God. I mean, Jeremiah 33, 3 says, call unto me and I will answer you and tell you great and mighty things which you do not know. It's one of my favorite verses because literally God's saying, ask me, call upon me and I'll show you things. I'll show you things, great, mighty things like that you don't know. I will reveal secrets to you. And, um, and it's, that's, that's really cool. And it's cool that we have a God that wants to do that. It's cool that we have a God that wants to reveal himself and wants us to to, to know Him and to know mysteries and things. But we've got to be seekers. Again, it's not something God's going to do for us. That's why, you know, you'll meet some believers in their life and and you can meet someone who, who um, received Christ one day and then 20 years from now it seems like they're in the same place because it's your choice to grow. It's your choice to seek the Lord. It's your choice to to know him more and to know him better and to know him greater. That is all up to you. Um, you know, it and and that's why there are spots in in the, you know, in the Bible in the New Testament where where Paul is telling him, he's like, listen, he's like, you um I I forget which book it's in because uh, but I think I mentioned in another podcast where he's telling a group of people, he's like, listen, y'all should be the ones teaching right now. You know, you should be the ones that are mature right now. I shouldn't have to be telling you over and over again what to do. You should be the ones that are teaching and training in this. You know, you should be the examples because you know by now what to do. But it, again, it goes back to, you know, God just says God can't force people to choose him, receive him. And he doesn't want to. You know, God can't force someone to grow and, and, and to, to know, you know, who, who he is, who they are, what their purpose is. It, and God doesn't want to force people because people have asked people have asked this before. They've said, you know, well, why? Well, why was there even a tree uh, in the garden? Uh, the knowledge of good and evil. Why was that tree even in Eden in the first place? Why was it there if if God didn't want him to sin and all this stuff? And da da da. Because faith, um, because commitment and covenant has to be tested. You know, commitment has to be tested. For example. You know, when you, God doesn't want people, doesn't want to force people to love him. He's not one of these, I'm going to hold a gun to your head because that's not true love. If you had a gun held to your head and you were forced to marry someone that you didn't love, you were forced to say, I love you. You were forced to do these things. Uh, but you didn't love them. Is it really true love? No, it's not. Why? Because it's done by force. God is not a forceful God. He doesn't do that. He wants people that want to love Him. He wants people that want to follow Him. That choose to do it. He wants people that that worship Him, uh, because they choose to worship Him. They choose to follow Him. They choose choose to um, choose to obey Him. That's what He wants. He doesn't want robots. What what good is that? You know what good is a is a robot? He wants someone who says no, I. He wants exactly what Jesus said. Jesus who had the opportunity to follow his own his own will, he wants people that says not my will but yours be done. And let's be real about that. That's not easy all the time. Because there are times sometimes where we want to go a, one way and God is saying you need to go this way and you're like, but God, that's that's the harder route. But God, I don't, I don't know if I can do that, but God, what about this? And what about that? And, and, but God, you know, and, and, and it's hard. It's very difficult because sometimes the way that God takes you through things is not necessarily the way you planned or what you wanted to do. You know, in my own life, I, (laughs) I told God when I was 18 years old, graduating from high school, I said, Lord, I want to be married and I want to have four kids. I said, I'm ready. Just send me my husband. I'm ready to be married and have four kids. And the reality of the situation was I was not anywhere near ready to be a mother. I wasn't ready to be a wife. There was so much about myself that needed to be discovered and corrected and shaped before I could be married. And there's, there's so much of myself that needed to be shaped and corrected and, and, and discovered and And I thought for years, I mean, I, you know, because people make it, make it in life, like the most important thing that you do is, is to be married. And that's not the case. The most important thing you can do is follow Christ. And while you're single, serve him with all of your heart, dive in, serve him, discover your purpose, discover your gifts. Uh, Because whenever you do that, like Ruth, um, you, you know, Ruth was busy working. She was busy serving. She was busy um doing what God had um what God had for her to do, which was, you know, caring for her mother-in-law. And the Lord placed her in the field of Boaz and he connected all those dots. Because she wasn't sitting on her butt grieving or what am I gonna do? She's like she was proactive. And so as women and as men of of the Lord, serve the Lord with all of your heart. Go dive in full-fledged, discover your purpose, serve him. And the Lord you know, if the Lord has purposed you to be married, then He will present that to you at the right time. Um, because in that process, you're going to learn about yourself. You're going to learn. God is going to reveal flaws. He's going to reveal things to you, and He's like, you know, you need to look at this. and And there were many times in my life where over and over again, and it hurt. I mean, there were times where I, it, I was, I was pissed. Like I got angry. Like it's, it's not, it's not always fun when the Lord points stuff out to you and says, hey, this is a flaw. This is something that you need to change or you need to shift. Because in pride, sometimes we can be like, no, I don't, I don't need to change that. That's not my problem. Da, 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 da. Uh, and in arrogance, and that's not the way we need to respond. God wants us to respond. Yes, Lord, I need to change this. Give me the strength to change this. I'm, I'm, I'm leaving this behind. I'm becoming a new person. I'm doing this. Um, and, and so, and when the Lord points that stuff out, you know, sometimes it's, it's, I mean, there was one time where I scribbled in a book, I was doing a devotional and I just scribbled all over the page. I was so pissed at what the Lord was trying to tell me and it sounds childish and it was at the time, but little did I know that even though I wanted to be married at 18 and I wanted four kids, little did I know that I would not get married until I was 35 years old. (laughs) I I had no clue. I had no clue that I wasn't going to be married until I was 35. If you'd have asked me, I never would have thought that in my life. Um, but that's that's the way that it happened. And now that I look at it, I'm going, I'm thankful that I did because God was able to shape and I was able to correct things. Like God was cutting things off and saying, This needs to be corrected, this needs to be corrected, this needs to be fixed. This is a part of you you need to let go. This is something that you need to add to, you know, yourself um, and things like that. The Lord gave me that time to really grow, which is exciting. You know, I got to grow in the Lord and, and and the Lord brought me to a place where he was like, okay. You know, and so sometimes it's not it's not easy always to follow the will of the Lord. I mean, look at Jesus. God's will for Jesus was for him to go was for him to to go to the cross um and bear our suffering for us and things like that and Jesus I'm sure was sitting there like going I don't I mean it's it's extremely human and, and normal for him to be like I don't want to do this like I don't want to go through this like God is there another way please if there's another way who wouldn't ask that? Who wouldn't say that? Yeah, God, if there's any other way, but for him to say, but you know what, God, I'm here to do what you want me to do, not what I want to do. And so, and, and in trusting, and it also takes trust in the heart of God to know that there's glory on the other side, that there is glory. Glory whether it's glory on this side or whether it's glory on the other side. And because it talks about that, that Jesus humbled himself unto death on the cross and God raised him up and now he sits. He is exalted. He's resurrected. He is glorified. He is sitting at the right hand of the Father in glory. And that is a great, great example of what God is saying to us. He's saying, if you humble yourself and you do things my way, there is glory on the other side, whether you see it here on earth or whether it's when you close your eyes in death and you open your eyes and you are in glory with Christ and your glory and reward is in is in heaven. There is glory. There is there is um, reward, and so Jesus is just Jesus is just a great example. He's just a wonderful example. All the way around of humility and and submission to authority and all of the things that um, that Adam and Eve failed at. So, uh, but bringing this back full circle, you know, because uh, it is it is understanding that God truly desires the reason that God's taking His time to come back is not because He. He's waiting for things to get more wicked or he wanted, it. you know, he's not taking his time because he can. He's taking his time because he has, God has a heart that truly desires that everyone come to repentance. And that's the same kind of heart that we have to have. And that is hard sometimes, especially when we have people that screw us over and do us wrong and, and people, and and when it's people of God that do it or people in the church that do it, um, but we, God wants us to have a heart like his that says, it doesn't matter how wicked they are. I don't want anyone to perish. I don't want anyone to, I don't want anyone to experience eternal suffering and eternal separation from God. He doesn't desire that anyone is separated from him. No one. So, that we may have a heart like that, that says, you know what, God if you need to wait a little longer before you come back so that my cousins can know you, so that my co-worker that everyone can't stand knows you, so that this kid who is knocking over 7-Elevens and shooting up heroin knows you, so that these politicians who are not living for you, may know you, that we end up having a heart that says, God, if you need to hold on, because everyone's saying, God, we want you to come back. God, come back. Jesus, come back. Jesus, come back. But perhaps more of the heart of Jesus wouldn't be that. Wouldn't be, God, get us out of here. God, get us out of here. It would be just a little longer, God, because I want to make sure that these people have heard about you. Just a little bit longer, God, so that more people can come to know you. Just a little bit longer, God, so that we can have, so that we can, we can preach your kingdom and, and, and preach your truth on the earth. Everyone's wanting, God, get me out of here. Get me, out. God, take it, take us out, take us out. But we have been sent to be ambassadors of the kingdom. We have been sent to be lights in a dark place. So the darker the world gets, the stronger that the light within us, Christ in us, the Holy Spirit in us, the word of God in us has to shine that much brighter, So God is delaying his coming because he loves you and he loves me and he loves people and he wants, he wants the ones, even the ones that, that are despicable. He wants them to come to know him because all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Nobody can stand up and say they deserve salvation. Nobody can stand up and say, well, I deserved Jesus dying on the cross for me. None of us did. None of us can say that. And none of us can look at someone else and withhold forgiveness or grace and mercy from them. None of us have the right to do that. That's why God says, if you don't forgive others for their sin, I won't forgive you for yours. So may we have the heart of God that, ha- that is merciful and that says, Lord, stay a little while longer. Because we want everyone to. We desire all people to come to repentance to know you. Even though we know that's not going to happen, we desire as many people as possible to come to know you and to come to repentance. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So, all right, guys. Hope this blessed you, and I hope that you learned some stuff from it. And um, I will come at you later with another podcast. So have a great uh, rest of your Monday night, and I will talk to you later.